episode 31 of the New England Sports Media Podcast. Liam's back. It's not just me anymore. And we've got Hoop Major John, our buddy from random college basketball games, currently working at Three Step Sports and a well-known basketball videographer in the New England region. John, how's it going? What's going on, guys? Appreciate you having me. Yeah, we're excited to talk to you. So we met you, I think, at a BU game, filming Max Mahoney. Uh, one of Probably the best mixtape he ever got. Now he's in <laughs> Germany, so maybe you can take some credit, huh? Uh, I'm not about all that. Max is definitely a talented player. Happy for uh, for him getting a chance abroad there. But uh, yeah, a while back that we met and uh, appreciate you guys having me on and great seeing what you're doing with the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. So 2018 UConn grad, right? So Correct. Take us through uh, what did you want to do when you were in college and then where did you go from there? You were kind of talking about it a little bit off air, but, but what did you want to do? And where did you go or where are you now? Take us through. No, for sure. Um, the goal for a while was uh, always grassroots um, basketball in particular, which is uh, where I'm at now. Took a little bit of a um, sidestep coming out of college. I took a job uh, at New Balance, which was really cool. Got an opportunity to kind of get the larger scale brand side of things in the sport industry. Um, but in my free time, still did a lot of videography in the grassroots space, a little bit of college as well, obviously where I met you guys. Um, but have since parlayed that back into an opportunity at Three Step, which is uh, the youth leader in uh, the grassroots industry. Um, and that's really kind of how I got my start in this whole thing, even back in high school. Um, so really happy to kind of feel feel myself back at home here at 37. So so were you when you were in high school were you were you playing were you filming games like where did this all kind of start for you that is exactly how I started so a little bit of both um, definitely started playing um, as most of us do um, and then as we got a little bit older and the competition got a little tougher um, I realized I wasn't going in the NBA and know how that goes <laughs> exactly so um we, uh, me and my buddy, we would film our own AU games and mess around with the footage after it. So that's kind of how my interest um, turned into a love for film. And we would mess around with our own highlights, throw them up on YouTube, Instagram, whatever. And we would start doing that for other kids as well, teammates, and people would reach out. And it kind of just uh, snowballed from there. Um, I would say probably sophomore and junior year of high school is when I started like taking the filming side a little bit more seriously. And we were, we were pretty big on YouTube in the New England area. Um, there were a couple other guys at the time who were doing it, but nowhere near the uh, space that it's kind of turned into now. We've got tons of outlets and massive businesses centered around uh, filming high school basketball. So it's really cool to see how it's evolved and to know I was kind of on the early end of that. But yeah, started off with uh, playing and has since uh, turned into my career. So pretty cool to see the evolution. So can you explain to, to the listeners exactly what you do now and kind of your, your full-time space and how that translates into, into the passion that, that you said, you know, you were kind of pursuing freelance and how that sort of intertwines? Mm -hmm. Yep. So now I work as a basketball marketing coordinator for uh, 3-Step and 3-Step 
owns and operates a, a handful of club programs like AU teams, I guess is a synonym for them, as well as event operators across the country. So um, those include, but aren't limited to uh, Bigfoot, which is out of Texas and Vegas, um, West Coast Elite out of California, Zero Gravity, which is a staple here in New England, um, competitive ed sports out of like the Philly Mid-Atlantic region, USA Youth Hoops out of the Midwest. So it's really a pretty wide mix. And in my role, I'll do like graphic design, um, promotional stuff, pre and post event, uh, a lot of video work. We're not out on the road too much right now with the pandemic, but hoping to, uh, to travel a bit more in 2021. Um, so my role, I'll work with primarily event operators and marketing members within those groups and uh, do pretty much everything to uh, hype up events and uh, cover, cover the grassroots space. And in your role now, like what are some of the key audiences that you, are you looking to promote mostly to, to coaches of these teams, kids of these teams? Like who are you looking to target your stuff towards? Uh, definitely, definitely varies depending on the group. Um, some are pretty self-sufficient and don't really need help like selling the event, so to speak. So in that case, we'll just kind of celebrate it and kind of highlight some of the top guys, whereas other groups we maybe want to, push a little more behind the scenes and do a little bit more email marketing to actually generate revenue. Um, so we've got a couple different strategies and depending on the event and uh, the time of year, we'll adapt a little bit of a different approach. That's cool, man. And I was keeping up with your stuff before, like early in the college season, I remember seeing you doing something for like Bleacher Report hoops, like some college stuff. Like, are you still able, still able to do a, a good amount of freelance on the side now? Yeah, um, I do. And uh, that's definitely fun to uh, keep the skills sharp. And uh, I, I mean, for me, it's always going to be fun to, to get out on the road and get in the gym and watch uh, the high level guys. So, um, yeah, between uh, BR hoops and just other other freelance opportunities, I'm still able to do all of that uh, in addition to the job. So it's really uh, never ending, but it's a, it's a fun, fun, fun work. So I, I can't complain at all. It's sick, man. And for BR Hoops, how did that kind of start? Like, did they just kind of see your stuff or did you like reach out to them? Uh, yeah, so it started probably that relationship a year and a half, two years ago. Um, my friend Ian, who, uh, who founded Hoop Major and is uh, my, my partner there, he, um, they reached out, I think the first one was for a Lamello game down in Virginia or something. That's when they uh, initially launched their VR Hoops brand. Um, and ever since then, he's been working with them nonstop and all kind of cover a little bit of the New England area and a couple, couple other big events across the country. But uh, definitely, they're, they're great people over there and a great, great partner. Um, so, yeah. You mentioned the, the crowded space that there is for, for basketball videographers. I mean, we've had a few on our podcast. Um, they're they're kind of it is a huge array of people like yourself the connect uh liam from slam but then there's also some more low-key people who are kind of maybe even in high school college um what's your sort of relationship with the other people that you see like when you like when we were at hoop hall you know you're on the baseline and there's literally like <laughs> 600 videographers like like what are you doing? You know, you know, what is your relationship like with these people? And, you know, 
what is your role? What is your niche? Like what, what makes you, you? Um, well, double-sided question there. Um, I'll start off with some of the other guys. I love all the uh, New England, New England based guys. Liam's a great friend. Uh, Sam, I think you guys had on Bronco. The connect, those guys are all great. Um, but yeah, there are definitely a million now to your guys' point. I don't know all of them, but all of them that I do, I'm very uh, friendly and cordial with. And in terms of what I do to differentiate myself, I would say I probably um, rely a little bit more on like my business savvy in addition to the creative skills. Um, I think there's a lot of really good people out there um, who are super talented both at shooting and editing. Um, but I think I, I do a pretty good job on the networking side and the business relationship and management side. Um, I haven't been posting as much as I would like to as of late, but I think uh, for me right now, it's uh, really about like kind of setting myself up to be in good position from a business standpoint and just, to, uh, just like posting just to post. So finding a good balance between the two, I would say my, my uh, sweet spot. And when you were at UConn too, were you involved with the team or, or filming anything there? Um, not a whole lot. I uh, did an internship while I was at UConn with the uh, Under Armour Association for a couple of years. And um, because I was kind of in the grassroots space there, I didn't really do anything directly with the team. Um, but a couple of my really good friends and my roommates even at UConn were uh, managers. So I obviously knew a lot of the guys on the team and was around like the basketball culture, so to speak, but uh, didn't do anything directly with the team or the UConn marketing department, but I was a part of our sport business association and a sport business conference. So definitely involved in like the athletic culture, um, but just not as a member of the team at all. So when we, when we see you at Mount St. Michael's in the Bronx at that tournament, you're there. I think you, you were working for Pat, but yep, working with Pat Lawless. But but in general, when you go to these tournaments, are you always working for someone, or are you ever kind of just winging it? Uh, and then I'll, once you ask that, I'll follow up. Cool. Um, I would say ninety percent of the time, I'm uh, either they're working for like the event operator or uh, media outlet, primarily. VR hoops. Um, and I, I would say that's definitely evolved over time when I was younger and trying to get my foot in the door. There were times we would go to events for free um, just to kind of get the content, develop relationships with the athletes or the event operator. Um, but now being a little bit older and being out of college, it's kind of like I've got enough opportunities that I don't really need to take them unless there's a a rhyme or reason so uh, I'm a little more selective now but uh, I would say by and large it's uh, normally working for like the event themselves or, or uh, I'm not really. so so the, and where I want to follow up on that is when, when you go to these events uh, do you and you're covering it for I mean for PR hoops you probably have an idea of like what players you want to do mm-hmm. but, when you're, but when you're covering it for like the event itself maybe it's not a, a tournament filled with top 100 prospects maybe it's kind of like a local zero gravity type tournament how do you like discern how quickly can you discern 
school you're going to have enough like footage of to make an individual tape, how, how you're going to make maybe a, a tape with a bunch of people just to promote the event. Like what goes into the planning of how you're going to utilize your time and resources and come up with something by the end? No, that's a great question because it is um, very important, especially when you're working on time crunches and you've kind of got to be efficient with how you shoot. Um, people always are don't really understand the full process. If you film a two-hour game and then have to watch back that two-hour game and edit the two-hour game, that turns into a 10-hour process. So in a 60-minute game, I might try and only shoot like 12 of that. And then we have like little shortcuts and tricks we can use to cut down on the editing time while we're filming. Um, and then to double down on that, um, I will at times, depending on why I'm there, whether it's for a BR, working for the event, talk to people ahead of time and make sure I have a decent understanding on who we want to have content of after the fact. That way, if they're not in the game, then maybe we put the camera down for a little bit. Um, yeah, you definitely need to be strategic and uh, selective. And I would like to say I've got a decent eye for basketball, but normally the kids make it pretty easy and uh, make it known who the, who the top guys are. <laughs> and when you say there were any videos, like any guys who you shot who like helped you kind of gain followers or get big, like were there any, any tournaments you remember that kind of helped you separate yourself? Um, throwing it way back to when I was in high school, I would say, uh, probably, probably Hamadou Diallo was the first one when he was at Putnam Science. Um, he was the first guy I remember watching being like, oh yeah, he's definitely got a chance to, to go to the NBA. Um, Donovan Mitchell was an early one that stands out as well, although I didn't get a ton of him at the time just because I was younger and first was a little bit more of a trek than Putnam was. Um, but, yeah, I would say those two early on. And then more recently, T. Clark, I covered a bunch um, this past year. Um, but, yeah, I got to go with Tom <laughs> So I'm wondering, so, like, with Terrence Clark, it seems like there are so many people that have gotten a piece of him for, like, whether they're a reporter, a videographer, a photographer. Like, he seems like probably – I couldn't imagine a, like a high school superstar being any more accessible than he, than he is, or he was, what was your experience like with him? Like, did, did you find that he was extremely accessible and, and pretty like thankful for, for what people are doing? Cause in my experience, when I, for the brief time I met him, he was like very, I was very impressed with his maturity. Uh, I would only echo those sentiments. He was a great kid. Um, very, thankful anytime you would tag him in the story or something he would respond and uh say thanks for coming appreciate it and yes to your, to your point very level-headed for all the uh things that i'm sure he got, got coming his way especially as a 15 16 year old kid so i would i would agree with you on that spot on yeah and i know i know now you're doing a lot of national things and working with a big bigger club AAU accounts, but, you know, what do you think is your connection, like, with, with the Boston area? Like, you're still living around here. Like, you're doing a lot of stuff this summer. Like, what was that like? And how do you think you try to, like, bolster the community? Um, might be giving me too much credit there with the, uh, <laughs> with the bolster the community. But, no, I, I love living in Boston. Um, 
I'm a New England guy from, from the beginning. Grew up in Connecticut, went to UConn, and then been living up in Boston for about three years now. Um, and I've been to been to a bunch of local stuff. Um, the Let It Fly Classic is always a good one. KJ Summer Runs um, is another one that has to come to mind. KJ uh, Baptiste is a good friend. Um, he's a GA down at Penn State, and he puts on uh, the best best summer runs in the city. Shout out, shout out, KJ, if you're watching. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's a that's a great way to stay involved. All the Boston Hoopers come back and playing that. Um, and yeah, would definitely love to continue to do more in the, in the Boston area, but always got love for my for sure. With that KJ summer runs too, like that's I've always seen that. That's pretty dope. Like, where is that? Like, how did that really come about? Um, launched that probably two summers ago, and at the time, I think most of them were at Northeastern. Um, I think we did want to be definitely want to be, um, but normally at Northeastern, I think uh, AJ Green, pretty sure that's his name, um, that KJ is close with, was getting him into the gym, uh, back then, and then since then, it's kind of evolved. We've bounced around to a couple different spots in the summer is a little trickier with COVID. So I think we had to get outside the city a little bit. But um yeah, just started a few years back as a way to give the guys coming back that are still in college or playing overseas a chance to get that competitive run that they don't get while they're in their actual season. I'm curious when you go to those runs, like because they're so they're they're not they're not like underground or but they're pretty private. You know, I mean, like, you might have some videographers there, but it's not, like, the public in general. I'm curious. There's a real huge, like, variation of talent at those runs. Like, you got some D3 guys. You got some NBA players. Like, I know Eric Demers was there. And, like, Bruce Brown is there. How how does that look? Like, like, do those D3 guys, like, can they hold up? Like, like, what's it, like, what's the, what's the summer runs look like with such a variation of talent? They, they definitely hold up. Um, geez, I'd have to dig into the archives, but everyone's had a had a good showing there. And I mean, last summer there was a Cole Schweider, Jermaine Samuels, two guys that gone over who's obviously a top team in the NCAA this year. We're on the same team, and they they probably won ten or twelve straight. So I mean, the better guys normally hold their own, and the NBA guys who have come back normally normally do very well. Uh, Duncan Robinson was there two summers ago and shot the lights out. But by and large, the D3 guys, the low D1 guys, they're, they're the real freaking deal. And uh, they're, uh, the talent disparity is there, but everyone everyone who's on the court can win for sure. So in one of those runs, like how many teams of five show up? Uh, when it first got started, it would probably be like 10 to 15 guys. And uh, – they would get tired quick, and they were like hour, hour and a half runs. And then as it's grown, you'd get like 25, 30. There'd be two courts going, and uh, you'd be there for half the day. So uh, it's definitely, definitely grown. And again, big uh, shout out to Coach Hollins and KJ and everyone who's involved there. But uh, definitely seen some big growth in the last year or two. What do you think this summer did for the local? runs i saw that i mean obviously like some teams played aau and stuff last summer but not everyone did and there were a lot of a lot of a lot of things going on both guys and girls um there were a lot of like local runs 
do you do you think that that's gonna stay? Is that gonna last? Like, is kind of like local pickup ball gonna come back? You know, and stay, or or is that just a kind of a a holdover for the COVID summer? I would like to think it it will. Um, I mean, nothing beats uh, being out in the park uh, in the summer, whether I'm on the baseline filming or whether I'm playing myself as a kid growing up. I think we've all got some fond memories of that. But with that said, I mean, the goal for this high level uh, type kid is to to play at the next level. So if they've got a chance to go get seen by a college coach uh, at a sanctioned event, they they should. Um, That's definitely in their best interest. But there's time for both, right? I mean, there's only a few weeks of life period throughout the spring and summer. So uh, I'd, I'd petition for both. <laughs> what would you say is the uh, most underrated AAU program in Massachusetts? I'll know if I, if I can say that. I'll get a, get a couple <laughs> DMs from, from people I don't miss. <laughs> I'd, uh, I got to give a shout out to uh, – my guy, Mike Crotty, and the Middlesex Magic. They're definitely not underrated in New England, but nationally they are. And uh, I'll be covering them this coming spring, summer on the ZGXL circuit, and I'm uh, looking forward to, to seeing them play. Two of my main guys on that team, Dom Campbell and uh, the kid from York, whose name I can't remember, who goes to Brooks. Brady Cummins. Brady Cummins, yep. Yeah. Two, two main guys on that team, so I – I got some respect for the Middlesex Magic as well. Um, so, I kind of want to talk about – so, last year at Hoopal, that was my first time there. Was that your first time or your second? Oh. Or like if you want to yeah, you wanna go, go way back, I, I used to buy in, like, my own ticket and sneak the camera in and film from the, uh, from the stand. So – a few yeah, more to right. add to the list of like early people I filmed. It was like the old school Chino Hills, um, oh, yeah. Marvin Bagley, Brandon Ingram. There's been a lot of, I mean, Hoopals had everybody. Jalen Brown, Ben Simmons. Um, yeah, no, I've probably been half dozen times. And then um, more recently, approved credential for Hoopal watching. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it's a great event. So, so tell me, Last year, I mean, every year is probably going to be whenever, you know, when they have it again, hopefully next year, every year is going to be more social media guys, more guys who are wicked popular just across the board. What was it like for you to see that Sierra Canyon team and be around that Sierra Canyon team for, for you know, mm-hmm. football? Because I was blown away. Like, the, the energy in the building when they played the first night was crazy. And then when LeBron came on the Sunday – the energy in the building was just nuts. What was it like for you? And do you as a, as like a videographer ever kind of feed off of that energy or feed off of that like feeling in the room? And, and, and what do you do with it? Uh, I, I don't know if I can say I'm numb to it now. Um, I, I kind of get a little more excited personally um, by like a good game or just like a crazy buzzer beater than the guys themselves. Um, I mean, seeing LeBron is always cool. I mean, growing up, uh, I don't know about you guys, but I, I yeah, love LeBron. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that as a Celtics fan, <laughs> but I love LeBron. Um, so, yeah, like seeing him come in and then everyone in the crowd stand up, I mean, that's cool. But uh, 
yeah, no, I would I would say I'm I'm here for a good good game over uh, some high level guys nine out of ten times. And how about um, who would you say has been the guy that kind of surprised you the most? We talked about like the guy that kind of you know helped you get on the map. Who's been the guy that's or or girl or, or whoever that that's kind of caught you by surprise and is really succeeding right now, whether they're at the whether they're still in high school or in college or playing professionally. Mm. Like who kind of caught you off guard? Who's still who's still kind of kicking around or, or still or still doing things? No, that's a good question because there, there are people that, especially with like other media people that will have like weird affinities for and like vouch for. None are none are coming to the top of my mind right now, but there's gotta be a couple. I mean, yeah, I've been filming for so long. There's a enough guys in like the NBA that I didn't even expect to get there from the New England area. I mean Bruce was definitely definitely one that comes to mind. Um, there are others and I'm gonna text you guys after the pod and <laughs> I feel like oh, shit, I should have had that, but I'll go with Bruce for the for the sake of the question. All right, I like that one. What about uh, how how much traveling have you have you done to see the Massachusetts or, or New England AAU teams at the national at the national level? Have you have you seen a lot of that? Like, have you been to uh, you know grassroots tournaments across the country? You have across the country, and and. What do are, are New England teams like? Are they any different than teams from other regions? Do regions have their own kind of like swagger or flavor culture? Or, or yeah, or is it just kind of like every team is a team? Um. Well, yeah. First part of the question: a decent amount. Um, when I was younger, I went um, did the UIBL circuit with Expressions a couple times, and then. Um, I did the internship with UAA, so traveled to all of their stops uh, for a couple of years with them. Um, did Peach Jam last time they ran, so that would have been two summers ago. And then now with a three-step, we'll, we'll travel a bunch. Um, then in terms of New England, uh, not, not too much. I think it's more in the, uh, they're off court and like they're, vernacular maybe than uh their on-court style i think uh that's really just like team by team and their coaching more so than their their regional um feel and even within new england i mean the rivals will bring a different style than babc than expression so i think it's uh really just team by team there all right john that's all we got for you thanks so much for joining us we really appreciate it no, appreciate you guys having me, and uh, hopefully I'll I'll see you guys back out there shortly. For hopefully, sure. Hopefully, get uh, get rid of this COVID. Although I don't know when it's gonna go away, but hopefully soon. That's up. Always. I right, appreciate it, guys. Thanks. Thanks.